I was able to eat my kind bar and take my birth control. Perfect. Everything works out for a reason. You, as the kids say, you adulted. I adulted. (laughs) And now I can tell my app that reminds me when to take my medication Uh to shut the hell up because I took it. Yeah. Two hours late, but I took it. Don't tell me what to do, app. All taken. If it were not for this app, mm-hmm. I would not remember to take anything. Well, I lo- mean, I'm only on one thing. Yeah. Luckily, well, I have. I didn't take the pill for a long time. You know me. I will preach the choir of NuvaRing until the end of day. I had NuvaRing. Yeah, I know you didn't like it. I didn't it. like it. Uh, but I couldn't do the pill because it made me sick. Oh, really? Yeah. Eventually, it started Mm. making me sick. My first one made me very sick, but it was way too high in estrogen. Yeah. Apparently. But also... Oh, my God. I was so sick. I could never remember to take it often enough. And then, you know what they say, (laughs) you're not mature enough to remember to take one pill a day, you should probably not be having sex, but... I can't remember to take mine. That's why this... But when I first went on birth control, these apps didn't exist. So now I'm like... Oh, God. They save saves me. I got to say, me. I'm really good at ignoring the reminders on my phone in general. Oh, so you are. Yeah, I we got to figure something else out for feel you. feel like, yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a note around Giuseppe's neck in the morning when he comes and wakes you. Mama. What is Mama, it, Giuseppe? Don't get knocked up. What does this note say? <laughs> Only fur babies allowed in this apartment. <laughs> That's very true. We we have too many fur baby. We are we are over by one at this point. I think. Oh my so. god! I dreamt the other night that Tuesday died. No. Also, though, but in the dream he was like already dead, and I was just like had already moved on, and it was just one of those things in the past where I was like, oh yeah, yeah, he died, and every and I was recounting the tale of like how I found him and yeah. how I shook him and he wasn't moving, and I was Aww. like, yeah, and, you know, and I, when I woke up, it felt so real that I just in my mind I was like. That's right. Tuesday died a while ago. Yeah. And then I go in the living room and he's there spread eagle, <laughs> just like on his back, like, Meow. Not yet, mama. <laughs> I'm like, you're alive. <laughs> Maybe that was your subconscious just being like, look, you can get through anything. Yes, I think so. Because I was like, as long as there were no screech or barn owls or banshees in that oh, dream. Right. <laughs> We good. Because that's, I wasn't scared. Normally I would wake up and be like, oh my fuck, he's going to die. Yeah. I'm like, no, because we just talked about all of that in our last episode and we know. We do know. Right? Dreaming about death does not mean you're going to die. Mm-hmm. That's why I've had so many plane crash dreams. Just means I'm losing control of my life. It oh. doesn't mean death. Well, you know, I think I think we've talked about this personally off the air. I mm-hmm. have lots of plane crash dreams too, but I'm never in the plane. Yeah, you're I'm watching, watching it. it. Yeah. What if I'm in the plane that you're watching? <gasps> go down because all of my I'd dreams come catch are you. I'd say jump out I'll catch you <laughs> <laughs> put on my little parachute backpack yeah. Tammy <laughs> let's recreate Lost I got it I got it I got it little to the left yeah little <laughs> hold on I lost you in the sun <gasps> oh my god please let's have that dream tonight that would be super fun well this is the kind of codependency that you Jesus. can count on when you're listening to Banshees and Booze a paranormal podcast with a shot of liquid courage and more or less Mm. (laughs) for some of us because some of us managed to spill her drink twice (laughs) (laughs) it was the weirdest thing we couldn't get so we had a little tech glitch we're good 
But Tammy, in that five in minutes, that five managed minutes. to knock her, her drink I mean, over two it's times. it's all good now. Luckily, <laughs> Amy's a good mom to me oh uh, and God. has paper towels and napkins. Well, and, and, and also Jake, our engineer, wouldn't allow us to not use – Thank you, Jake. Use paper towels as coasters. Yeah, we're, from now we're good on. now. Smart, <laughs> smart guy. He's he's seen us record before. So. <laughs> You're like, please stop. We don't want your money anymore. Just find another booth. Um, I'm gonna put my phone on airplane mode. We good? Okay. What, did Girl. you hear that? Was that your phone? No. Was that your? I thought that was your throat. I don't think it was. Did we get another one? We got another one. Did you? Hear did you hear that? Jake? Okay, he heard it. I thought that was your throat making a funny noise. And it we only came always... in through our earphones again, didn't it? Oh, shit. We're back. <laughs> we haven't recorded Stop in about... drinks. <laughs> it's the ghost of the booth. Yeah. Oh, that was creepy. Yeah. We got our second little uh, We'll have to visitor. listen again. Yeah. Shit. Well, Jake heard it, too. Yeah. Because the first time we heard that disembodied listen. voice on this podcast, it only came in through our headphones. Yeah. That was insane. Listen how professional we are now that we're just like, cool. We're like, oh, cool. We got another one. Mm-hmm. Did you get that? Mm-hmm. We got that. Cool. I know. Doesn't it make you feel kind of cool? Yeah. I don't want to be so jaded, though. I know. Well, I am a little freaked out. I will be honest. But yeah, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm yeah, that was actually freaked. really creepy. Mostly I'm freaked out because I'm like, what if us not being impressed is going to cause somebody to like <gasps> be a little more impressive? Uh, yeah. Well, okay, wait. So it sounded like like Yeah, that's what I heard too. Yep, okay. Yeah, that was not my phone. <laughs> Definitely not. I thought it was your you phone. Know, sometimes you... my phone. Yeah, well, you picked up your phone. I like And that's when it happened. Yeah. yeah. No, but I had put my phone on airplane mode as when that happened. So that was my phone going, Don't put me on airplane mode. Pay attention. I'm dying. Oh, that was me. <laughs> okay. That was a burp. That was Amy. That was me, 100%. Uh, we haven't recorded in like three weeks mm-hmm. because we doubled down at the end of July to prep for your birthday. Mm-hmm. Then we lost our, sp- our spot. <laughs> and so this episode, we have a quick turnover time. It's going to be great. And uh, I really missed being here. I know. <laughs> I missed it. Um, so we've got some fun topics. We do. So you want to... We're going to double down today. Drink. Or? Amy made the drink that I refused to drink. Because you keep knocking it keep out there. Pouring it out everywhere. Hey, well, um, yes. So what the image was online versus what we're looking at here is <laughs> God make the helpless taste good. Because I think it's going to taste good. All right. Cool. I should have just ripped the mint leaves and just like put blackberries in it instead of muddling it because the mint is like all anyways. You were trying to be it's authentic. It's going to literally be up in our grills. I'm fine with that. Okay, cool. Um, So today we're, our topic is the like, ghosts of authors uh-huh. past. Yeah. Is that correct? I think so, yeah. Okay, cool, because that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose right away Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, you did. Um, Or as my typo laden, laden or laden? Laden. 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 My typo laden fingers kept writing <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how many times is it going to autocorrect to fucking poo? It's Poe. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I got a kick out of myself uh-huh. at 11 p.m. last yeah. night. So my drink is um, called The Raven. Oh, bless. Quote the Raven. Bless. Nevermore. Uh, for, I'm going to start with a nice little quote from Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, oh, my God. It's getting so mm-hmm. it's literary get, up in this bitch. Literally literary. Yeah. The boundaries which divide life from death are at best shadowy and vague. 
who shall say where the one ends and where the other begins? Oh, so beautiful. I'll tell you what we're drinking after we drink it. Cheers. Oh, great. Well, that's how I like to do it. To Edgar Allan Poe. To Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's delicious. That's delightful. I didn't add the sugar oh, that it said good. to. I thought it was going to be too bitter, but sugar with alcohol, I just get like, mm-hmm. especially because we all know, well, now we do. I started my day off with some rough tummy shit, <laughs> and literally, and then had to go to 7-Eleven before we got in here to buy a kind bar. <laughs> so I'm like, she had to be kind to herself. I'm like, otherwise, I'm going to be drunk on one sip. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Raven is uh, six fresh blackberries, fresh mint leaves, uh, one and a half ounces of rum, and half a cup of pomegranate juice. Whatever. I just eyeballed it myself and um it's really good you just muddle the mint and the blackberries and then you pour the rum and the pomegranate i did pomegranate blueberry because if i wasn't adding the sugar i didn't want it to be too bitter i think that you're a genius we're just having an antioxidant laden laden drink (laughs) yep it's, it's laden. Laden. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I so healthy. I love this. I, I love really it. do. It's delicious. And if you need more, I might have more in this shaker. Yeah, there's a little more, but it's a lot of blackberry. You know, and you there's know, more rum. You so. know, I'm just gonna pour it out. So uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just keep it over. I keep because you putting keep it spilling. back. I keep yeah, knocking good, it over. Good idea. Next time we'll do sippy cups. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew it would end up that way. Booze in a sippy cup. Oh, man. Uh, do you want me to start talking about Edgar Allan Poe? Sure. Or... I'd love to hear about him. Or do you want me to go first? It's oh, up my to you. God. Let's see. We're going to do – well, yeah. It it doesn't matter. We don't care. Because you're going to read next one. I have an up ghost on the next one. Yeah. All right. Um, Why don't you go first? Okay. I'll go first. Okay. Oh, and then – Passing over the Edgar Allan Poe torch to our next author. Oh, oh our God. next author um, who – look, I got to say, first of all, um, I started Googling things like ghosts of writers. Guess what? Ghost writer. There you go. <laughs> then writers haunt a thousand articles from like the Village Voice, like check out these 13 writer haunts. <gasps> and I was like, damn it. No. I'm having a lot of trouble here. So then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pick a couple of writers that I feel would probably haunt mm-hmm. and just Google around and see if I could figure some stuff out. That's what I had to do with Pooh. Did, did, <laughs> did a couple. Did a couple. And then I landed on one that I was thrilled about. Today we're going to be talking about Mark Twain. Wow. Yeah. I was like, surely it would be Jane Austen or my That's hero, Louisa May Alcott. I literally <laughs> looked up Jane Austen and then I was like, well, the Bronte sisters, they were crazy. Surely they're yes, haunting shit. Right. I'm stoked for Mark motherfucking Twain. I am. I did. I wasn't oh, this sure is I was going exciting. to be. I'm very excited. It was a I'm, delight to do this. I don't know why. I'm pumped. Let's do this. Let's do it. So if you don't know, now, now you, you know. know. Real name, Samuel Langhorn Clemens, was an American writer, humorist, entrepreneur, publisher, and lecturer. Among his novels are The Adventures of Tom Sawyer and its sequel, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, the latter often called the Great American Novel. Um, So, uh, slight aside, I also found a Forbes article called I Slept with Mark Twain's Ghost. It was highly disappointing. Ah. <laughs> What? What? Did they just read his book in bed? And- nah, basically. I mean, she went to a place and was like, it's supposed to be haunted. And I 
tried to be available and nothing happened. And I was like, why'd you write Boom. this article? Because you already got she your... got paid for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... First things first, um, there is, uh, there's there's two separate little things that I want to talk about with Mark Twain. First of all, um, he had a house in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, Heard of it? With, Been there? Yeah, with his, with his family. Um, and that place is, great news, haunted as fuck. Ooh. Yep. Just the way we like it. It is so haunted, in fact, that there were uh, there are tours, uh, there was a bunch of info, and then there was, oh, you guessed it, a Ghost Hunters episode. Of course! So I watched the whole episode. <gasps> it was delightful. So brave. Um, and then I also did other research. Um, so let's talk about it. So the Clemens home uh, in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, it has 11,500 square feet. Are you shitting me? 25 rooms on a three-floored, expansive, immense structure. The exterior was built in the style of Victorian Gothic Revival architecture, which is code for looks like a haunted house. Oh, my God. They resided here between the years of 1874 and 1891. And it's here that he penned the classics The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn and The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Um, the author commissioned New York architect Edward Tuckerman Potter to design the house. Um, and then the interiors were decorated by Tiffany and Company. Oh, that little company. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. So um, I re- Not quite Ikea. I read that. So he, you know, he and his wife got, got married, Olivia, or Livy as she was called. Um, and uh, they spent like the $40,000 that was her like dowry on building this home. Uh, so then they were out of money. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. And he like wasn't necessarily like a successful author yet at that point. So apparently throughout his life... Mr. Clemens had a bit of a spending problem. So sounds like it. Yeah. Jeez. So um, let's let's talk about the ghosts in this place, shall we? We shall. Uh, so Samuel and Olivia were very unlucky in raising their children. Out of four offspring, only one grew up and married. Um, Samuel, because the other ones died. Mm-hmm. Got you. Samuel's son died at the age of two. Um, a death that uh, Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens, blamed on himself uh, for not dressing the boy warmly enough. Oh. What were they putting him a tank top in winter in Connecticut? <laughs> yes, <laughs> a Connecticut tank top in King Arthur's Court. Uh, <laughs> um, their middle daughter Jean was born with a condition that caused seizures, and she died from a seizure that she had in the bathtub, and she drowned. Oh, they were bad at parenting. Yeah. I think a little bit. I mean, I feel like maybe they weren't supervised. I mean. Much. If you have a child that has seizures and you make them take a bath alone, it seems a little, it's a little risky. It's just a little risky. Seems a little risky. I'm not. I'm, I shouldn't be shaming, but yeah, shit. So the death that traumatized both Samuel and Olivia the most uh, was his favorite older daughter, <laughs> Susie, oh. um, who oh. died of spinal excuse me spinal meningitis uh, at the age of 24. Ooh. Uh, Susie was gifted in writing, and Sam considered her to be a prodigy. Um, she was a ball of energy, much like her father. And so that was the one that really, really messed them up. So the family, they were actually, they were in Europe. They were on like a tour of Europe or something. Jeez. And then she died in the house at home, and uh, they never went back. They couldn't 
couldn't live there anymore. Whoa. So that was it. That was it for them. The ghosts of the other two children that died before, like, really? What the fuck? Yeah. So I, that's how you know <laughs> you it was came the back. favorite. <laughs> it was like, all right, two dead kids I can do, but. But this one, oof. our golden child. <laughs> so there are reports of three distinct ghosts inside the house. Um, Susie Clemens, um, the daughter that died. Olivia, um, who was Mark Twain's wife. Uh, who spent her entire fortune on this house and then uh, had to abandon it when all of her kids died. Um, And uh, a maid of Olivia has been seen quite a bit. She's an older woman who wears a plain outfit um, and is seen quite a bit. One male docent, because it's a museum, Mm -hmm. uh, reported clearly seeing a transparent female dressed in a hoop skirt floating down a hallway. Others have reported hearing laughter and voices... Others see the apparition of young girls playing and feel their clothes being tugged by children. Um, And finally, a young woman in a flowing white dress likes to float up and down the halls from the master bedroom to Susie's room. Oh, my God. So I watched the Ghost Hunters, right? (gasps) It was a classic banger Ghost Hunters episode. I think it was season five, episode nine. So uh, one of my favorite things about it was there's two lady ghost hunters by the time it's season season uh, five. Who who joins Donna? Uh, well, Donna is no longer there. No, it's Amy Bruni and Kristen. Oh God, I forgot her last name. I follow her on Twitter. Amy Bruni. We follow her on yeah. Instagram yes. and Twitter. And I'm like, I don't know who that is, I but did she it. verified. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. I did that. I thought um, she was like a comic or something. I never actually. Like, oh, Amy. Yeah. So. Um, so they they hunt. So they go and they set up. It's a huge place. Um, it's a lot of like, oh, we're hearing loud noises and we can't find them. And then a lot of, did you see something walk in front of that light? Um, mm. And then they did debunk a couple things. Like somebody had uh, seen, there's uh, curtains that ripple. And they were like, oh, look, there's a panel here and there's a draft. So that makes sense. Um, one of the claims that they had, and I tried to take a screen cap of it, but it was really blurry. Um a guest came and took a picture of the exterior of the house and then was looking at it. And then in the window of one of the areas where people are not allowed, there's a very clear child's face looking out. Ah. Like very – like it, it's literally just like a kid. And then you can kind of see a person standing behind them too, it seems like. Holy shit. So I'll try to get a better picture of it because I – May have, oh, may have been just streaming it probably illegally online. I, I don't I don't know. Tried. I didn't look into yeah, it. Yeah, you know, you just clicked a button. I clicked a it. button. It you... was not HD quality, so I had a little bit of a hard time seeing. But... It's okay. You already admitted in the last episode that you wouldn't pay the 99 cents <laughs> I for not, an ebook and I, you just screenshotted it. <laughs> not that I wouldn't, that I couldn't at that time. So... <laughs> You know, you know. Someday we, do what we can to make this happen, guys. Someday I'll be rich and I'll be donating tons That's of money to ebooks. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, fascinating. I would love to see. I'm sure. Some. I'm. You know what? I'm sure that picture exists online yeah. somewhere. I'm sure if we googled it, we could find it. So then, my favorite part about the episode. This is why I love Ghost Hunters because they don't. They just. You know what? They're very vulnerable. They're vulnerable people. They're so open. Um. They went through and uh, there were a lot of things where they're like, okay, we'll review this because at this point, you know, they have lots of good equipment. They have like the um, cameras that do the uh, temperature. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And then they have, you know, EMF detectors and then uh, they have these K2 meters, which I had forgotten about. Oh, I know the K2 meters. So they do. Yeah, they have all this. And then 
all of the team, they all carry, quote, mini DVs. So it's like a little camera just, okay. you know, so they can review it later or whatever. Well, they had – it all goes to a hard drive, and the hard drive fucking crashed. So the whole – like, seriously, people kept being like, so I don't know. So I can't wait to review the mini DV and see oh, what comes no. out. And then it, it crashed. Sucks. Those ghosts yeah. were like, nope. So you know what? They could have made something up, but they were just like, what? What are you going to do? Sorry. I feel like ghost hunters don't make that stuff up because yeah. they're actually the best at debunking things. It they seems. really are. Like, yeah. They'd rather debunk it mm-hmm. than accidentally Absolutely. have a false thing on there. So that was disappointing. But so that was the episode that I really enjoyed. Now, mm. I don't know if you noticed this, but we talked about Mark Twain's house and ghosts, but we didn't talk about a dead Mark Twain. Oh, duh. Until now. Oh. Because guess what? Did he die? <laughs> is Mark Twain dead? Amy, I need you to sit down. <laughs> Sitting. You know, this drink and I love you very much. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, those that we love never leave us. I don't understand. Mark, Mark Twain's not going to be coming around anymore. Because he's on vacation? He's on, it's like a vacation. <laughs> he's in a field where he can be with other Mark Twains. <laughs> be very happy. <laughs> Tuesday's there? Oh, God, no. Oh, God! I just upset myself. I just upset myself. But Tuesday's at home. Yeah, Yeah, Mark Twain's at your house. (laughs) Um, Mom? Yeah, Mark Twain's dead. Mm, Uh, Cool. (laughs) Figured so much. Um, So here's the funny thing. It's so funny because we all think of Mark Twain as very, I think, well, I think of him as southern but i mean it's more midwest like mm-hmm. it was like missouri you know because mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. think about river boats and you know yeah all that kind of stuff yes. so um but yeah so then he you know he was living in connecticut, connecticut. and then uh he apparently loved new york and lived oh. in new york um twain lived in various locales throughout new york city for much of his adult life uh from the west village to the bronx and he often claimed his favorite residence was number 14 West 10th Street, which mm-hmm. is between 5th and 6th Avenues mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in the village. Mm-hmm. Um, so trendy. So this place is known far and wide as a haunted house. <gasps> and some claim that he haunts there now. Mm. He only lived at this address for one year, even though he said it was like his favorite place to live. I may have mentioned it didn't say this in here, but I may have mentioned he had a bit of a spending problem. So oh, right, one right, wonders right. if he was invited to leave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and they have a little bronze plaque in his honor. Oh, that's funny. Um, and it already had a reputation of being haunted at the time that he moved in because it was built in the 1830s. So like he moves in in 1900, and they're like, "Oh, this place is haunted." You forget how old New York City is. Yeah. like the buildings. It's exactly. So crazy because all of them get renovated a million times. Mm-hmm. So you're like, "This is old." So Twain was a skeptic. He was a known skeptic um, who oh. mocked the idea of ghosts and refused to believe in the unexplained. He even expressed his disbelief in a short story titled A Ghost Story, in which a ghost haunted his own fake corpse. So imagine how much fun it was for me, again, just going back to all the Googling Mark Twain ghost. And it was like, yeah, you want this 99 cent ebook? And I'm like, I told you already. Not today. Not paying you 99 cents. Not on this budget. Um, So uh, even the sight of a truly unexplained phenomena couldn't shake Mark Twain's skepticism. Are you ready? Yes. One night, he saw a piece of kindling wood moving by itself near the fireplace. 
Hold on. Wood don't move itself. He, well. Well. <laughs> okay. He, I like to think I'm responsible for wood moving. Uh-huh. You know what? But it's not your fault if it doesn't. No. Sometimes it's just physiological, so you know? Sometimes you've had too much to drink. Yeah. It's fine. It's um, fine. No pressure. So, um, okay. So when he saw a piece of kindling moving by itself near the fireplace, he grabbed a pistol and shot at it. (laughs) Like you do. Oh, boy. We've had a problem with guns in America for a long time. (laughs) The kindling fell to the floor where Twain saw a few drops of blood. Whoa. No intruders, human or animal, were ever found to explain the event. Though Twain was sure it was just a rat and still refused to believe what he had seen had sprung from supernatural sources. That's a lofty sentence that you, I had to figure you out. You fire a gun at something invisible, yeah. and then there's blood, and you're like, cool, I got a rat. Yeah. Like, then, well, where's the rat? Where's the rat? And it's, it's. I'm sorry, it's carrying kindling wood? Yeah. Come on. Come, Come on. on. The rats in New York City are big, but they're not that big. So these days, Twain's ghost is said to appear to current residents of number 14 West 10th Street on the first floor and at the lower level landing of the staircase. Um, so people have seen him, like, standing on the staircase. Um, some say the house is haunted by no fewer than 22 spirits, the ghosts of Whoa. people who formerly lived and died in the house. Jeez. Um, one of the former residents who attested to Twain's presence was uh, Jan Bryant Bartell, who was an actress and writer. Sound familiar? Who began to see and experience uh, psychic phenomena when she moved into the house next door. So she moved into number 16, West 10th Street. She was hearing noises, seeing visions, and feeling very, like, stressed out um, by all this. So she goes, I'm out of here. You know what? But I like my neighborhood. I'm moving next door. So she moves next door into the most haunted house on accident. (laughs) (laughs) because typically that haunting is like happened before the houses were even built it's the land typically so like it's probably so she was like i gotta get out of this haunted house i'll move next door oh no no. so she was talking to the superintendent one day and uh the super says and asking if anybody had ever you know seen anything uh the super says on the ground floor back in the 1930s a mother and daughter who was the mother was a, a young widow living there uh they were sharing the apartment The mother comes in the living room one evening before the lamps are lit, adorable, uh, and sees a man with white hair who is wild-like. He's sitting in a chair looking out the window, and she says, who are you and what are you doing here? And he says, my name is Clemens, and I got problems here. I got to settle. That's the end of the story. Yeah, I don't know. That's it? Yeah. So was he a ghost or did he kill them? Well, it was a ghost. Got you. Because Got you. Mark Twain was already died, had already died at this point. Got it. Um, oh, Clemens. That's his real name. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Ah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm this just is here to represent make... all of the tired people out there listening this who is forgot. Gonna, this is also going to make the end of this episode the best, Oh, God. So oh, I have God. one last thing to tell you about Mark Twain, a.k.a. Samuel Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain. Gosh, you. Thank um, you. Thank you for clarifying. He, uh, so Mr. I don't believe in stuff. Mm-hmm. Get this. He was born right after Halley's Comet appeared, and the comet was scheduled to return on 1910. So he told people, this is a quote from him, I came in with Halley's Comet in 1835. It's coming again next year, and I expect to go out with it. It will be the greatest disappointment of my life if I don't go out with Halley's Comet. 
As he predicted, he died on April 21st, 1910 of a heart attack, the day after Halley's Comet made its closest pass. He was 74. Oh, shit. Yep. Oh, he knew. He knew. He was a spiritualist. And that is the ghosty ghosty Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Everybody take a bow, Mr. Twain. Or Clemens, as we'll say. Uh Uh Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I always feel like if you were an author, especially during the Victorian era, Mm -hmm. you would 100% believe in ghosts. Yeah. Because it was like the height of the spiritualism movement. And he was just like, nah. Especially in New York City. Maybe he was a bit of a Houdini, too. Yeah. Who was like, like, bullshit. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Yeah. I felt like during this, I can't really find it, but I'm like, wait, I feel like Mark Twain has something to do with New Rochelle when you mentioned that he like lived in a lot of places. Oh, my gosh. And there is some stuff, but it would require me... There's, there's the new. It says New Rochelle's big read begins with a visit from Mark Twain. This, da, 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 da. I don't know. I think that he there's. I think there's a possibility that he lived uh, briefly in New Rochelle because that's so cool. Yeah, there is definitely. Oh shit, no, that's not what I want to see. Anyway, I'll look more into it. But I was like, I feel like because New Rochelle's just. Yeah. Like a hop, skip, and a jump from New York City. Yep. And it's just north of the Bronx. Right. So if he lived in the Bronx. Not um, really upstate. It's not upstate. <laughs> Triggered. Triggered. Not upstate. Thank you. Amazing. <sighs> so cool. I enjoyed that so much. I hope you enjoy Edgar Allan Poe <laughs> as much as I enjoyed Clemens Twain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. Um, I'm going to jump right in. Please do. Jump right in. All right, so Edgar Allan Poe was born in Boston in 1809, but grew up in Richmond, Virginia. His early years were plagued by the death of his mother. She died when he was two. Then his first love died when he was 15. And then his foster mother died when he was 20. So, yeah, dark times, Mr. Poe. After dropping out of college and then getting expelled from West Point, sidebar, I used to swim at West Point. It's, as a kid... You're like, I don't know. It's just some place I have to go to do swimming competitions in New York. Oh, you didn't? Do you know what West Point is? Yes. Yeah. I was like, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you're allowed to just go swim at West Point? and competitions. And so they have an Olympic-sized pool. You swam at West Point? Several times. And so did my older sister because we were competitive swimmers from age 5 through 18. I I competed. Wow. And then I was like, but I want to be an actor. (laughs) Why am I wasting all my time doing sports? (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, so we used to, when we swam in New York, have our our swim meets at their, a few of the bigger ones Mm -hmm. were were at their pool, which was Olympic sized, which meant it was like twice as long as your standard, you know, competition pool. And it was so intimidating and so massive. And I didn't know anything about West Point, except that there were like old cannons on their lawns Mm -hmm. and as a kid, I was just yeah. like, just dreading the drive. Oh, here, pretend like I don't know and tell people just in case they don't know. What West Point yeah. is? It's like a military academy, yeah, right? Yeah, it's very prestigious. Yeah, yeah. He, very. And um, I knew nothing. Of, and it's so historical and it's mm-hmm. so haunted. And every time we went, I would get the biggest pit in my stomach of just dread and anxiety. And my mom was like, it's because it's the it's intimidating. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was always a high high level of competition there. And um, but I just got such bad anxiety, yeah. and I just fucking hated West Point so bad. Um, and then I had no idea. I was like, actually, I wish I had 
you know, just like the knowledge back then to like just take it all in a little yeah. bit because that's freaking awesome. Yeah. Like how often do you get to go to West Point and just be like, you should, I mean, jump in your pool real quick? My brain was going, that's a, maybe there's another West Point. Like, no. Uh, <laughs> that's it amazing. West Amy. Point. Um, yeah. Breaststroke, baby. That was my jam. And now <laughs> I've got the breaststrokes all right. Yeah. Once a month, not near your period. <laughs> 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 so here we are. Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. He dropped out of college and got expelled from West Point. So it was so rebellious. Hot. Poe <laughs> took a job as an editor at the Southern Literary Messenger in Richmond. His controversial fiction and scathing book reviews, I love this, boosted the magazine's circulation seven times in 17 months, and he only got fired twice in the process. <laughs> so I love that he just has this fucking chip on his shoulder and writes really bad book reviews, and people are loving it. Yeah. Um, but they still have to fire him. <laughs> so after his second termination, Poe took a series of editorial positions at the leading magazines in Philadelphia and New York. And he also lectured and did public readings. Uh, his short story called The Gold Bug was a smash hit, but the publication of The Raven made him internationally famous while only earning him about $15. Jesus. Right? So uh, that's a very brief part of his life. Um, but his death is what really intrigued me. It's so mysterious. Um I'm going to comb over the part where he, like, had several marriages. One was to his first cousin. We're going to skip that. So. Oh, but that's the best one. Okay. We'll talk about it later. Okay, good. Uh, his death was super mysterious. So his his wife had died, which I think was his cousin. And uh, he kind of re uh, rekindled a flame with his childhood sweetheart. Cute. Cute. They got engaged. They were 10 days away from getting married. And he was in Baltimore to pick up his mother-in-law, whom he loved, and take her back to uh, Richmond or New York or wherever they were getting married mm -hmm. for the wedding. And so he was found wandering the streets of Baltimore on October 3rd, 1849, in a state of delirium. He was carrying a walking stick, and he was wearing clothes that weren't his own. And he was just, like, bonkers out of his Whoa. mind a man named joseph walker found him and took him to a local hospital where six days later edgar Allan poe died unfortunately oh, the no. death certificate has been lost or destroyed as were all of his medical records what um so the official cause of his untimely death is unknown this is also super weird poe's cousins hastily buried him the day after he died only seven people attended the funeral, and he ha they had his enemy write his obituary. An observer recalled the ceremony as being both cold-blooded and unchristian-like. He was buried in an unmarked grave. What? Yes. Ooh, ooh, I smell the recipe for a ghost haunting <laughs> is what I wrote. So weird, right? Yeah. And doesn't it feel like he could have been murdered? Because Feels it, like he could have been murdered. Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of people were like, "Oh, he was a raging alcoholic. Yeah, and he did opium." And yeah. Um, but the doctor who was his attending physician, because all the records were lost, was like, "No, no, he wasn't. There were no drugs in his system, and he he was fine. He was in like normal weird. health." So super weird, right? So I feel like, oh, he got a lot of unfinished business. Mm -hmm. All right, so. 
There's a really weird uh, haunting um, that we think could will most likely be Ed- Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, well, there's a few places he haunts, but a place called the Western Burial Ground in Baltimore. So this is where his current – so like 40 years after his shitty burial – Okay, so actually, like, 26 years later, uh, like, a a group um, of, like, teachers and, like, you know, people raised money to buy him a proper tombstone. Aww, like the original goths. Yes, right? <laughs> they were like, we are fangirls. Yes, because it was still, like, late 1800s. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, so they raised the money. The tombstone was, like, just upon completion at this, like, wherever they were making the tombstone. And a train derailed, crashed into the shop, and smashed the tombstone into, like, <laughs> A million pieces. So they couldn't afford a new one after that. They were like, "Well, shit." <laughs> I'm sorry, Poe. I'm sorry. Sorry, it's Mr. So Poe. It's so funny though. Like the iron. Like this guy couldn't catch a fucking break even in death, right? Yeah. So yeah. So that was weird. Someone really hated him. They're yeah. like, "And on five, you are going to veer right, right into that shop." <laughs> Uh, but this train's headed for Philly. No, no, <laughs> that tombstone shop right there, tombstone <laughs> shop. Yeah. So uh, that happened. So then, forty years later, finally, like the city uh, decided to like exhume the body and put him next to his wife, uh, or his one of them, the one one of them, or yeah. the one he was about to marry, or something. So, uh, and that place is in the Western Burial Ground in Baltimore. So this is his official grave site, tombstone and everything, mm-hmm. next to his wifey's. It's all glued together. <laughs> scotch tape. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there is a famous and mysterious man who has been seen in the grave gar- in this graveyard for more than 50 years. By the way, this graveyard's fucking spooky because a church was built on top of the graveyard. And they decided that, oh, where we want to put this church, some of it's going to go on top of the tombstone. So we'll put the – those will, that'll be the catacombs. That'll be the basement of the church. So half of the, the, the graveyard is in the basement of this church and the other half is outside. Gotcha. Super weird, right? Yeah. So it's kind of almost like an above-ground basement. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the lowest level of, right. the, yeah, of the church is, is – has tombstones and shit. Uh, so it's creepy. But poses outdoors, and uh, so this this strange figure is always described in the same way, dressed completely in black, including a black fedora and a black scarf to hide his face. He carries a walking stick and strolls into the cemetery every year on January 19th, what? the birth date of Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, my God. On every occasion, he has left a bottle of cognac and three red roses on the gravesite of the late author. After placing these items with care, he then stands up, tips his hat, and walks away. The offers, uh, the offerings always remain on the grave, although one year they were accompanied by a note bearing no signature, which read, Edgar, I haven't forgotten you. So the identity of the man has been an intriguing mystery for years. Oh, um, this is sexy. Right? So um, there's a Edgar Allan Poe Museum, of course, which uh-huh. was a, one of the many houses he once lived in, uh-huh. just like Twain. Um, so um, the identity of the man has been a mystery. Many people, including Jeff Jerome, the curator of the Edgar, Al- Edgar Allan Poe House, um, believes that there may be more than one person leaving these tributes. Mm-hmm. For some time, rumors persisted that Jerome was the mysterious man yeah, in black. Duh. So to debunk this, 
1983, he invited 70 people to gather at the graveyard at midnight on January 19th. Because he's like, well, I'm right here. So if something appears on that grave, it ain't me. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a celebration in honor of the author's birthday with a glass of uh, Amontillado, a mm. Spanish sherry f- uh, featured in one of Poe's horror tales. And they read passages from his works. At about an hour past midnight, 1 a.m., in case you didn't know, <laughs> the celebrants were startled to see a man run through the cemetery in a black frock coat. He was fair-haired and carrying a walking stick and quickly disappeared around the cemetery's east wall. They could not find where he went, and the roses and the cognac were found on Poe's grave, as usual. Wow. Crazy. So in another effort to solve the mystery uh, – oh, I'm sorry – to not solve it, but to merely, you know, like, just be like, okay, well, let's just continue debunking the fact that yeah. it's a person, right? Uh, he allowed a photographer from Life Magazine uh, to come and try and capture this elusive man on film. Mm-hmm. So the photographer, backed by Life, uh, was equipped with rented infrared night vision photo equipment, and he had a radio signal that triggered the camera so that the photographer could remain out of sight. Oh. So it was like a hidden camera situation. Gotcha. And that any movement would trigger the photos to go off. Um, the picture appeared in July in the July 1990 issue of Life, and it showed the back of a man kneeling at Poe's grave. His face can't really be seen. Um, he's wearing the black fedora. No one else has ever been able to photograph the mysterious man since. The picture is really creepy. I saw it, and it looks like it was taken in 1920. It's a really strange-looking photo um, that we'll post, but it was—it's pretty creepy. So it's hard to say, like, who started it. Yeah, if it's the same person for 50 years, I doubt that could—they'd be dead by now. Mm -hmm. And but it keeps happening. It could be multiple people, but you know, it feels like if anyone's going to have like a secret society of like admirers of your at your grave. It's po. gonna be Poe. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Poe. <laughs> tried to make an NSYNC song. It didn't work out, man. It did. It did it? It worked for me. It's gonna be. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, let's continue before I sing more. Um, okay. The ghost of Poe has also been said to haunt his Baltimore home. It's now run as a museum. Uh, There's some speculation and debate as to whether the ghosts in the house include Poe's ghost. But one thing's for sure. The house is definitely haunted. Uh, An older woman's ghost has been seen on various occasions, along with unexplained cold drafts, shoulders being touched or grabbed, and more. I know. I hate it. Oh, and I guess when he lived in this house back then in the 1800s, it was not a good area. And today it's also not a good area. And uh, that there's just all sorts of like this. Yes. Um, in addition to potentially haunting his Baltimore home, there have been reports of his ghost seen at a pub known as the. Okay, it's called. The, okay, this pub is called the Horse You Rode In On. That's the name of the pub. It was so confusing to read that in a sentence. It was. Do you know so the phrase? The horse you rode in on. Uh-huh. No, what is it? It's fuck you and the horse you rode in on. I want to go to that pub now. Yeah. Fuck you and the horse you rode. Oh, yes, Uh I love it. See, you're too classy to know stuff like that. Yeah, well, my family would be like, get off your high horse, you motherfucker. Yeah, we we, we missed the motherfucker part, but yeah, (laughs) I get get this. I get this. Uh, I love it. Yeah. His ghost has been blamed for moving chandeliers and malfunctioning cash registers. 
at that bar, at that pub. Um, and then his ghost also haunts a home in New York City mm-hmm. that he lived with one of his love interests. Following the death of his wife, Virginia, another place he's said to haunt is the Edgar Allan Poe Museum in Richmond, Virginia. Visitors have seen him in the garden and halls, and he's popped up in photos during tours of the house. Ooh. They say his ghost is specifically attached to the infamous walking stick and his wife's hand mirror. Oh. Um, these aren't the only places the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe has been seen and felt. It seems he has unfinished business and moves from one place to another in search of a way to complete it. Wow. And that is the weird-ass mystery of Poe's death, which I never knew about. I mean, right? I didn't know that about it. So I knew there were mysterious circumstances. I didn't know Crazy. anything about it, though. I think he must have a, a connection to Charleston, too, because there is a really good burger place right on the beach called Poe's, and it is just themed after Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, yeah. And like, it's definitely one of those places you can go in with sand on your toes, and there's like a real I- Ithamar and I ate there when he was in Charleston to do his his show, mm-hmm. and um, dang, it was just you know like the, everything was served in a plastic basket, delicious uh. cold beer, and we sat next to just a giant portrait of Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, yeah. I have a picture of it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't really associate burgers and Edgar Allan Poe, but now you will. Now I will. Oh well, every burger I think was named after one of his like oh. things, like you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure there was Cask a veggie option. Doctor Kalgari, <laughs> it uh, was it was pretty delicious. So shout out to Pose, Tammy. Yeah, this story about ghosts and graveyards reminds me of something what that I think we should share you? with our listeners. Oh, Real, yeah, yeah. Let's. So we had a little bit of since we'll save the, the one of our ghosts and personals for the next episode. Yeah, let's let them know about a little experience we had in the cemetery <sighs> last week. Let's do it, but. I'm going to tease them even more because you want to know why. Why? We don't have it on video. Do no, we? No. What? Tell me. I did a haunter hoax for you. Jesus. For right now? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Because I it. love you. I love you. Let's do the haunter hoax. Wait, so am I not telling them about the story? No, tell them. We'll okay. tell them. Later. Yeah. All right, this but haunter this, hoax is shit. This one is necessary because my haunter hoax is, of course, about Mark Twain. Ah! Okay, you ready? Ready. It is well known that Mark Twain is the nom de plume of Samuel Clemens, but it wasn't his first. Which of these pin names did I make up? Okay, so there are four options. Is poo one of them? <laughs> it is not. Oh, man. If, if I were writing this on the fly, it would be. <laughs> um, so, I, so there's four options. Three of them are pin names that he used, and one of them is not. Are you ready? Shit. Is it A? Robert Galbraith. B. Thomas Jefferson Snodgrass. <laughs> C. E. Adrastus Blab. Or D. Josh. Oh! <laughs> well, I was going to say B, but it has to be D. Josh. You're going to go with D, Josh. Yeah, but I wanted B, but I think it's D. You are incorrect. No! Josh is only he was like Samuel Clemens okay I'm Mark Twain I'm Thomas Jefferson Snodgrass I'm E addressed as blab I am Josh (laughs) no 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 the correct answer for one that was not his pen name was A Robert Galbraith which is the nom de plume of J.K. Rowling (laughs) 
Miss, Miss Rowling, when she is not writing Harry Potter, writes under the name Robert Galbraith. I She's didn't written know this. several books Casual Vacancy and the uh, Cormoran Strike mystery novels. Of course, yep. you would know that. Duh. I literally awesome. picked it because I was really hoping there would be somebody listening who's like, "That's J.K. Rowling. That's the right one." Somebody, somebody <laughs> yeah. listening knew. Someone knew. Okay, Aww. good. I was glad to do that. Josh, Josh, the fuck, dude. he literally just—he's like, like, "I'm out. Josh. I'm out." I made up ideas. I'm just Josh. Uh, I want to know what book he wrote under that. Um, it was mostly like, because uh, he wrote a lot of articles and news. You know, oh, it was right, at a time right. where people would write a lot in, you know, editorials and stuff. So he would be like, and it's me, Josh. Just bring in the realness. The Case for Discounting Tales of Spirits and Homes <laughs> by Josh. Josh. And the little rat that I shot <laughs> that I've never seen. <laughs> Oh my um, God! I thought you. Would That's enjoy a that. good. Oh, we haven't okay. had a, a, a haunter hoax in ages. I know. That's why I was proud of myself. Um, Y'all, let's talk about. Let's talk let's about, about what happened. Let's talk about something it. happened. Baby. Let's talk about ghosts, baby. baby. Let's talk about so you. Amy and, and I went me. to a, uh, oh, so a sleepover in a cemetery. In a cemetery, we did no sleeping. Uh uh. We did a lot of drinking and cheese eating. How torn up was your stomach the next it day? It went from, it was almost sexy when you were like, we didn't sleep. We ate cheese. And I had the fucking shit the next day. Yes. So sexy. So sexy. I 100%, uh, I told Amy this morning when we packed up, literally I just found like chunks of like sweaty cheese in the back. <laughs> we were just done. We packed two bottles of wine, finished both of them before the end. So it's it's the Cinespia. They host movies in the cemetery, in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. It's an, an incredible event that they do from like Memorial Day through Labor Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my absolute favorite parts of living in Los Angeles. So, of course, for their annual sleepover, their theme this year was witch movies. Yay! So they played The Craft, uh, Practical Magic, and The Witches of Eastwick. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it to Witches of Easter. We had to piece the fuck out. We did. It was time. We were done. When we bought that nasty, disgusting bottle of wine because we thought we needed a third bottle. Yeah. That's when I knew. Yeah. It was a good call. And that's why we yeah. like wrapped it up really quick. We, we were, were like, like, we have this to is too here. much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone too far. Uh-huh. Three <laughs> bottles of wine for two women <laughs> in three hours is not healthy. It was a problem. Yeah. Also, yeah. we were not the only extremely drunk people there. I feel like even the people running it were drunk because I do you remember were. we like mm-hmm. it was so well organized at the top and everything. Not that it was poorly organized, but it was like as the night progressed. It was just oh so great right before the craft and they're doing speeches and there's a big <laughs> screen and every, oh we're so excited and introductions and one of the stars is here and blah blah blah. And then the craft was over, and then they were like, okay, we'll be back in 15 minutes of the next movie. So first of all, it was like an hour. It was an hour. And then legitimately, like 45 minutes in, they had a DJ, so there was a dance party that we oh, may yes. or may not have participated in. Oh, yes. Um, there, uh, Literally, like 45 minutes in, somebody was just like aggressively getting on my mic, like, like oh, there's the next movie, just start 15 minutes. 10 minutes. <laughs> we and I was like, like, wait, what? Where'd the speeches <laughs> go? <laughs> They don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. It was so weird. It was You're really right. Funny. And and so like by the I think by like the second movie ending, yeah. we were all just like, okay, bye. We were done. It was really, really fun. And Tammy and I just had so much fun not working. Yes. <laughs> Every time we're together, it's work related, whether uh-huh. we're writing or podcasting, and we love it. Yeah. But it was so nice to just like it was wonderful. Be like, let's just eat cheese mm-hmm. and talk and um 
drink wine and have fun. And then drink more wine. And then drink more wine and then eat more cheese. And, and then, then drink Oh, and that popcorn. Wine. Oh, God. So fucking Caramel good. Corn. So there we are. We are waiting for the first movie to start, actually. It was still early in the evening because the sun hadn't gone down completely. So mm-hmm. we were not drunk yet. We were tying on a buzz. but yeah. And so we're sitting there. The movie had, the first movie hadn't begun. And it, it's projected on, on the, mausole- the side wall of the mausoleum. I know that sounds gross, but it's, and it's also, the side of the wall. There's I'm, no things there. Yeah, I'd like to say for people, because a concern that I had, because I had never been before, you don't sit on graves. No, you don't sit on graves. I was so giant lawn. worried about that. <laughs> Although I texted you when I was already drunk, when I was waiting online to get yeah. that third bottle of wine. Yeah. And I, I was like... I'm looking right at Hitchcock's grave. <laughs> it, oh, it just says Hitchcock just <laughs> staring at me. I think I thought it was closer than it actually was because I swear it was like two inches from my face. I'm yeah. like, Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, so there are tombstones everywhere yeah. and it's awesome. But where you sit is just a wide open yeah. field. There's You're not you're – pro- we're probably on dead bodies somehow. But yeah. yeah. Um, and so they project the movie on the side of the wall. And I'm sitting there and I don't know, we're just vegging. And all of a sudden, I see two people walking on on top of the roof of the mausoleum. And they're walking very slowly. It it looked like the silhouettes because the sun was almost completely set. So it was very, you know, Mm -hmm. shadowy almost. And I saw the silhouette of a man and a woman. It looked definitely like the man was leading the way, stopped and looked back. The woman caught up a little bit and they were walking very slowly they almost looked like they didn't know exactly where their end destination was yeah. going to be. You know what I mean? And so I couldn't believe my eyes. And so I just like tapped you on the shoulder. I was like, look at the people on the roof. And Tammy's like, what people? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, maybe the tree is blocking the view. And so I'm like, just wait one second. They're probably just like, you know, blocked right now by the tree. But there's yeah. two people up there. And, and Amy was even like, oh, that would be so fun. Like, let's, yeah, yeah it'd be so the, fun to be able to watch it up there. You know, I thought like, it would look romantic. Yeah. And so I'm waiting for them because there was one little tree that kind of obstructed a little bit of our view. So I figured at that moment they were just passing by that and they would emerge from the other side of that tree from our point of view. Mm-hmm. And never saw them again. That was it. They stopped and disappeared. And the second I told you, I was yeah. like, "There's look at the people on the roof. That would be – wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Just and, gone. And I got up and like ran to another spot to be able to see yeah. like from another angle around the tree. Yep. And there was no one there. And we stared at that thing like all night. We stared for so long. We were like deer in the headlights mm-hmm. just like waiting, waiting Nothing. Nothing. Because one time when I went, uh, there was actually a photographer for Nes- for Senespia up on that roof. So I know there's access because mm-hmm. they take these panoramic pictures of the whole lawn. Yeah. But this was – it was obviously a photographer. You could actually see their camera. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. this was very, very different. And the fact that they just disappeared – they vanished. Vanished. Yeah. And you told me too, you were like, he stopped and he turned back to her and you said he put his hand out to he did. her. Mm-hmm. And something about that feels very like – ghostly yeah that's why i was thinking it was romantic and i don't know why knowing us we're the ghost people and being in a fucking cemetery Uh i was like look at those people up Mm -hmm. there solid people living people (laughs) no so that was pretty trippy so and i thought that uh went well with our haunted cemetery of edgar Allan poe you 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 know like also we did not do a report on the hollywood forever cemetery but paramount which shares a property line Paramount Pictures with the cemetery. Mm-hmm. So, and that is one of the most haunted movie studios in the world. Yeah. And it's very possible that we were seeing 
actors who haunt that Ooh, you know like yeah. it might have been one of the many people who haunt paramount mm-hmm. so that were like oh a movie let's watch it uh I'm trying to think of who haunts Paramount. I lost it. That was a long, was many, a episodes long many episodes ago. It was like episode six. That's all right. Amy, this yes? has been amazing. This has been great. And guess what? We have another episode to record. We have another now. one. So we're going to wrap this shit up. You guys should follow us on Instagram at Banshees and Booze. And on Twitter at Banshees and Booze. And if you've got stories of your own, if you were at the cemetery and want to say hi, hey, email us at upghostandpersonal at gmail.com. Please do. And uh, Tammy, yeah. if you see a ghost, uh, spend your wife's dowry on a place you can't afford and then just abandon it. Tiffany. <laughs> Amy, if you see a ghost, uh, hang up his portrait in a burger bar on the beach <laughs> and have yourself a swim. Amen. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So fun, so fun.